Welcome to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. As you listen to this message, our prayer is that you would be motivated and empowered to follow Christ and lead others to Him. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Wagner Ministries International Podcast. This is Evangelist Joshua Wagner here with my dad, Dr. Kevin Wagner. And we are continuing our conversation on the subject of evangelism specifically from content that's being pulled out of my book, Go, which is available on our website, wagnermasters.org, and on Amazon, both in the U.S. and Canada. And um, I would just uh, encourage you, if you've not had a chance to get a copy yourself, um, I, I encourage you to reach out and do so. Uh, if you enjoy this conversation, there is much more of that in the book. And Last time we were discussing one of the hallmark passages in Scripture on evangelism, Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And we spent our time really on the beginning of that. And today we want to focus on the second part of that passage, verses 37 and 38, where Jesus says to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Now, there is a lot to unpack in just those few words, but Dad, initially, when you read that um, passage, what, what's something that stands out to you about the ministry of evangelism? I think for me, Josh, the thing that stands out, first of all, is in verse 37, where the Bible says, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Now, I think some of our longtime listeners realize that I didn't start out in ministry as an evangelist. Sure. I started out uh, th over 30 years ago now in full-time ministry as, uh, as a pastor. I was trained as a pastor, and I started out as a pastor. I pastored in some amazing churches, wonderful churches. Uh, every church I pastored at, I, I remember as a wonderful church with great people, loved pastoring. But about 10 years into pastoring, I really felt the call of God stirring in me, and so did my wife, Nicole, to get into full-time evangelism. And I know that back then, I remember very clearly that one of the verses that really inspired me and motivated me to get into full-time evangelism was that uh, verse in Matthew 9, 37, when Jesus says, the workers are few, and before that, the harvest is plentiful. And I, I was kept reading that, and I really felt the Holy Spirit saying, you know, you need to get into that harvest field because there's so much harvest out there. There's so many people ready and ripe to be saved. And it's just like the analogy of fruit is if fruit is ready to be picked and to be harvested, but if, it's, if there's no one there to harvest it, guess what? The fruit uh, gets overripe and it ends up becoming rotten yeah. and, it, and it dies yeah. and it doesn't become useful for anyone or for anything. And and I, I was just really impressed on my spirit about that. I'm like, you know what, Jesus, sign me up. Just like, you know, in Isaiah when God's saying, you know, who, who's, there's all this great stuff to be done in the world and, and who's ready to follow me? And Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. And I, that was my cry. It's like, here I am, Lord, send me. Um, there's a few workers, but I want to join that crew. And so that's when I jumped uh, with both feet into full-time evangelism. Absolutely. You know, the the um, the statement there, the harvest is ripe. You know, I'm not a farmer, uh, but uh, 
dad, your side of the family, a lot of uh, them are farmers, Absolutely. Uh, wheat farmers in Canada. And one of the things that I've learned, even just talking to them, is that one of the principles of farming is this, that when the crop is ready, you have to be ready. Amen. Because the crop does not remain ripe indefinitely. It right. does not remain ripe forever. And so there are seasons that come and go, and during different seasons, a farmer is tending to different projects. But when the season comes for the harvest to be brought in, they need to act quickly because there is a window of opportunity. And if you miss that window, yeah. you'll lose the crop. Yeah. And that is what Jesus compares. One of the reasons Jesus compares the lost to a, a harvest, a crop. Uh, I, for me, I imagine, you know, a wheat field. Um, the harvest is ripe. That, notice the, the language there. The harvest is ripe in the present tense. It's not ripe, you know, it won't be ripe in a few years mm -hmm. or a few months, but it's ripe right now. Amen. And if it's ripe right now, then there is an urgency that comes that a farmer would understand. Right. That when the harvest is ripe, we can't lollygag and waste our time, you know, twiddling our thumbs until we feel like it. No, no, we have to go get it now or else we may miss the opportunity. And that's the urgency that Jesus is placing on reaching lost people. It's why he says uh, in, in a similar way uh, in John 4.35, he says, You say four months more and then the harvest. But I say, look up and lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they're already ripe for harvest. Mm -hmm. So he is recognizing that there are people who are going to say, oh, yeah, I know that, that lost neighbor or that lost family member or that lost person. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to them about Jesus one day. And Jesus says, no, 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 don't say four more months. Amen. Don't don't say I'll get to it eventually. No, the harvest is ripe now. You realize nobody is guaranteed today or tomorrow. No. We don't know when when that lost person is going to to die. We don't know when you're going to die. And so you need to take advantage. That's why the apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, notice what he says. Today is the day of Ooh. salvation. Hallelujah. He doesn't say tomorrow is the day of salvation next week or next month or next year, he recognizes that there is an urgency to sharing the gospel. And, and so we need to take that same urgency that a farmer has with his wheat fields. We need to have the same urgency when it comes to reaching lost Amen. people. That's right. Because of how much more infinite value are people than, you know, crops. And yet the, the principle here is one that we can certainly understand and certainly that an agricultural community like the one Jesus was in would have understood as well. It's tough to say anything but amen to what you said, Josh. I mean, it's, <laughs> just, it's just such a powerful exhortation. Yeah, I mean, this is great. So we, we see here that, um, you know, the harvest is plentiful. As you mentioned, uh, the workers are few. And there is a, a sense of responsibility then that comes for us to be involved in the Great Commission work. Jesus is saying, because there's not a lot of people, we need you to start doing the job. And it, it can be an overwhelming job. It, it can at times seem like, man, there's so many people out there. It's such a big harvest. How are we going to be able to do this? But notice, you know, 
Think how the disciples must have felt. There are these 12 disciples, and now they're responsible basically for getting the whole world saved. The magnitude of their job did not stop them from witnessing. They said, we're just going to start. We're just going to do what we can. And, of course, now Christianity is the largest religion in the world because of their obedience to this and their recognition that we need to be part of the laborers there. And you, as as a believer listening to this, God is calling you to be a laborer. Mm-hmm. And, and that takes on different forms. In fact, Jesus here mentions one of the important jobs in the Great Commission work. He says, ask, or maybe we could better, in, you know, say, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest fields. You know, if you're listening, I think you need to be asking yourself um, this question. Every Christian is either actively working in the harvest fields or actively supporting those working in the harvest fields. Like here Jesus says, you need to go out and get in the fields and then also you need to pray that other people get in the fields. Prayer is an active part of the Great Commission work. We need your prayers. We need you to pray for us as we're on the front lines of evangelism. And that is an absolutely essential part of the Great Commission. And some of you, you know, you, you desire to go and you can go, which is wonderful. And if you can, you need to. But some of you, maybe because of family commitments, work commitments, health, uh, age, different things, you may not be able to travel and minister on the front lines of evangelism in the same way that we do, but that does not mitigate what you're able to do. And in fact, here Jesus gives you one of your clear callings. You are to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers to work. And as people who are doing that work, I can tell you, we need your prayers. 100% right, Josh. And you know, if God is speaking to your hearts today about uh, joining our intercessory team, global intercessory team, we call it Intercessors International, uh, where you commit to praying for at least one hour a week for our ministries. I, If you feel led to do that, just email us at prayer at wagnerministries.org and we will uh, sign you up for that list because we are always enlisting and needing to enlist more prayer warriors for our ministry because that's like, you know, the wind beneath our wings. We just need to, uh, we, we feel the power of your prayers when we are ministering and we need that uh, daily, weekly uh, intercession behind us. You know, the other thing that I look at in this verse is where the Bible says here, the harvest is plentiful. Yes. And those of us who live in the Western world, it's tempting, you know, we live in the U.S. and we're from Canada it's tempting for those of us in the U.S. and Canada and even other parts of the West that has become in many ways a post-Christian culture, it's, it's, uh, it's easy for us to think, well, what's Jesus really getting at there? Because I don't really see a huge plentiful harvest around sure. me. Because a lot of people, you know, our cultures have been saturated with the gospel over the last few centuries, and, and there's a church on every street corner, and and all this stuff, and a lot of people are kind of have become indifferent to the claims of Christ. Well, I'm telling you that this is one of the reasons why God told me from the very start, 20 years ago, He wants our focus to be on the parts of the world that are least reached for Christ. Right. In other words, North Africa, which is almost all Muslim, uh, Middle East, which is almost all Muslim, and then into Asia, where you've got the huge uh, amounts of Hindu and Buddhist people. And I'm telling you, over there, 
what we've seen consistently for 20 years, Josh, is uh, we have seen at our crusades the hunger and the desire for people to get saved, the desire for Jesus. Mm. It's incredible. It is truly a different world, not just language-wise, not just culture-wise, but salvation-wise. Like the people over there, it's because they've been gospel-starved for their whole lives mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and culturally for, for thousands of years, they are so hungry for Jesus. Yes. And it's like it's like that metaphor. The, the fruit is just hanging from the trees. They're ready to be uh, picked and to be harvested. It's incredible. Different world. Uh, 100%. You know, I, I was thinking about that word plentiful too, and I have a note here, um, you know, in my book that, you know, when Jesus made that statement 2,000 years ago, obviously it was it was true. Um, but if anything, I think you could argue that the harvest is even more plentiful today than it was <laughs> then. Yes. Um, 2,000 years ago, there were approximately 300 million people living on right. planet Earth. Okay? okay, And, of course, almost every single one of them had never even heard about Jesus. So the harvest was absolutely plentiful. But compare 300 million people to the population of our world today, which is now like 7.3 billion people. And, and of that, uh, over 40% or about 40%, which is over 3 billion people, uh, are considered unreached, which means they don't have access to the gospel. So you consider that when Jesus said the harvest was plentiful, that is a big harvest. Back 2,000 years ago, there were 300 million people. And now there are 3 billion people that haven't even ever heard of Jesus living in our world. Not to mention the many that have heard and still reject him. So when we consider the words of Jesus, how true they are then, well, how much truer is it now when you consider that um, the, the, the amount of people that are living in our world? As you say, sometimes in America and Canada, we can feel like, Everyone knows Jesus or they know about Jesus. They've heard about Jesus. And I can tell you that that is just not the case around the world. And we need to take the words of Jesus here very seriously, that the harvest is plentiful. And as a result, we need to go and get it. I think you, you touched on a really interesting point in, in terms of perspective. When you compare our culture, which has been you know a Christian culture for so long, to these other cultures of the world that are gospel starved. And here's the reality. In our Western culture, tons of people have rejected Christ. Yes. You know, who was it that rejected Jesus when he walked the earth? I mean, it was the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the teachers of the law, by and large, the religious leaders. Um, in our day and age, the people that reject Christ in the West, the numbers are enormous. It's not that they don't know about Jesus and they can't be saved. It's that they never, they've, they know all about Jesus, mm -hmm. and they still choose to reject him. Right. But the other parts of the world, the people that we preach to normally at our crusades, none of, think about this, none of them have ever rejected Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying absolutely none. There may be some that right. have, but the, a tiny, virtually all of the people there, they've either already accepted Christ, but they haven't rejected him. They just haven't heard about him right. in a way that they can understand and make a, uh, an intelligible commitment to him to be saved. It's amazing to think that when you go to these other cultures of the world, Josh, that there's a whole population of people there mm -hmm. 
who have never rejected Jesus. Yes. Yeah. That's just a crazy thought, right? Yeah, it, it, it <clears throat> is, and it, it puts things in perspective. Um, you know, I think that the, maybe the final thing, at least that, that stands out to me here, is is uh, Jesus, you know, says pray, and he, and he says pray to the Lord of the harvest. Mm. You know, notice that title there. Like, when we think about God, Oftentimes we'll think about him as, you know, the God who saves, you know, the Lord of salvation or the Lord of healing or the Lord of deliverance, the Lord of love or peace or, you know, any number of things. But here Jesus specifically identifies the title of God as the Lord of the harvest. God has a heart for the harvest. He, he loves lost people and he wants them saved and he has uniquely chosen us to do this work, to bring these lost people into the family of God, which is the highest honor. Yes. And um, and so I just want to encourage you who are listening that you would heed the words of the Lord of the harvest and that you would pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers, to be one of those laborers, to fund the laborers, to do your part, to help see the Great Commission fulfilled. And in so doing, uh, we will reap a, a great reward. Hmm. So uh, that's sort of the the great some of the great insights uh, that come from these verses, and and we hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've heeded these words. And we um, we we pray right now, even that the Lord of the Harvest would anoint and appoint you hmm. to go into the harvest fields and others as well that we can bring in this harvest and usher in the second coming of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Uh, God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. For more information regarding Wagner Ministries International, go to wagnerministries.org. And if you need prayer for anything, please email us at prayer at wagnerministries.org.